make an amazing impact, Lord. The lives lives are changed and transformed, but God, that there would be more followers of you, people who are drawing near to you, people who stop being far away. So God, we just say thank you. Thanks for this opportunity you've given to us. We count it as an honor and a privilege. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The guys are gonna be passing the baskets at the end of the rows, and they'll be passing those down. They'll pick them up here in the middle. Um, children, if you want to go, head on out. And junior high, head on out as well. So we got class for the junior high. Boys with Jeff. Ladies with Michelle. And so uh, head on back. They'll get you all situated and taken care of there. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Wow. Is anybody here? <laughs> Good morning. How's everybody doing? I know we got all the kids moving out of here. About, you know, half the group goes out every week. It's awesome. <laughs> so, um, but uh, this morning, I'm going to, we're going to continue on with our theme that we've been on for, for the past couple of weeks. And uh, it's, I can't stop. The first week we talked about, I can't stop talking or I can't stop telling I can't stop, you know, allowing this to come off our lips. When, when, when the disciples, when Peter and John, when they were walking, we used the passage of Scripture so that when Peter and John were, were walking, they, um, they saw the man off the side of the road, and, and, uh, and he gets healed in Acts. And uh, after he gets healed in Acts chapter 3, uh, in Acts chapter 4, the next thing you see is, them being drugged before the religious people and going, you, you got to stop talking. And, uh, and Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 verse 20 says, we can't stop telling about everything that we've seen and heard. When Jesus becomes so real to us in our own and everyday life, when he is a part of our everyday, it's not something that is religious, it's not something that is out there, it's not something that we, that we go, man, that's really cool that maybe one day I could maybe believe that or get there or whatever. It's not about that. It's about a relationship, it's about an everyday experience, and when we watch God begin to do these experiences through us, when, when you begin to see blind eyes open in front of you, do you think that there's a shift that ends up taking place in your own heart? When you see somebody who actually you know, gives their life to Christ and they begin to walk this transformative process, is there something that shifts in your own life, right? When I, begin to, when I see people who were sick and got healed, I was meeting with a pastor this week and and uh, he and I were sharing stories back and forth, and he comes from a, a, a very Baptist background, and, and, and I, I came from that background, and then I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that messed everything up. And then, um, and then, and then I came to a middle ground somewhere in the middle, and uh, so he and I were discussing our journeys and, and of faith and our journeys of what we've experienced, and, and he goes, yeah, he goes, because we were talking about the Holy Spirit, and we were talking about, you know, that whole deal, and, and he's like, you know, he goes, but actually, he's, we've actually seen miracles in our own church, and he starts telling me about these miracles of people who had cancer and have been healed, and, and these kind of things, and I'm said, you just can't stop talking about it, can you? It's one of those things when God actually moves in your, in you, through your life to impact somebody else. I just can't stop talking about it. And so that's where Peter and John were at. They're like, I'm sorry. You can beat me. You can throw me in jail. You can do whatever. But here's the reality. Facts are facts. This just happened in my life, and you can't shift it. You can't change it. When the, when the guy in Ghana, who his eyes were opened up when we had an opportunity to pray with him, or the guy who, was, who had a limp, and, a, and, he, and he carried around a cane, and he stumbled around, and, and, and then now he can actually walk. And I mean, it, something shifts within your heart going, man, something is different. Some, lives are being changed. When I look around this room, and I look at some of you guys around this room, it's, it, I, my, my heart just, just exudes I'm just so happy because I'm just like going, I watched the transformative process where some of you were just like not saying a word about anything to praying for your bosses. I'm like, come on somebody, right? I mean, to people that are so shy and timid who all of a sudden decide, you know what, I'm just going to try this out and just maybe listen to what God might be saying. And instead of going through the self-checkout, they go to the 
other checkout where there's real people there. <laughs> and then they, and then, then when they get to the real checkout, they're like, you know, the person behind the counter is complaining about how bad their head's hurting and all that kind of stuff. And the person who would normally not say anything but, oh, I'm so sorry, is now going, can I pray for you? Why is that? Because those people have experienced miracles in their own lives, and you just can't stop talking about it. There's something that's shifting and changing within our own hearts, and that's the way Peter and John were. And so we talked about that whole concept of, I just can't stop. I can't stop telling. I can't stop talking about that. I mean, this is the stuff that I've seen, and this is the stuff that I've heard, and, and, I've gotta, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a whirl. I'm going to step out and try it. How many know that's when Christianity becomes more exciting? Is when you actually step out and go, hmm. That's why Jesus said, man, don't forsake the little kids coming to me. Because when I tell them to do something, they just go, okay. And they go do it, right? The, you adults sit back and go, psychoanalyze everything. Well, but if I did that, but that might impact this, and that could impact, and then therefore we might be able to, and da, 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 right? And, and the reality is that little kids... I mean, you can tell them anything. That's what I love about little kids. It's kind of fun playing with little kids, especially when they're not yours. Right? Grandparents in the room. I mean, it's great, right? I mean, you can just mess with them and send them home. It's amazing. So here, so, but little kids will do whatever they ask, whatever you tell them to do. No, that's the way it is. Okay, that's the way it is. And, and, and if we could just be like that, right, and, and come back to our childlike behavior in that way, right, and go... Okay, he said it. It must be true that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, dead lives in me. And therefore, you know, even greater works. Jesus even said this. Jesus says it's better that I go so that I can give you my spirit so that what? Even greater works shall you do. And we're all going, yeah, right. That's what we do, right? But if we're little kids, we're like going, he said it. I get to do it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a whirl. What do I have to lose? A little pride, maybe? Okay, a lot of pride. I mean, that's the reality of it, right? We, we get in this space, and it's like, and, and, and if we could just, just, just okay, I'm, I'm just going to do it. And just have fun with it. I'm just going to see what's going to happen. What would happen if I just prayed for that person? What would happen if I just asked that person how their day was going? Remember my little side comment, right? How's your day going? Good, right? Because that's what everybody says. Good. And then what are we supposed to say afterwards? Yeah, with a tilt of the head, right? Because, right? It's like really, and you and you go really, and then all of a sudden they go, and they and they give you everything. It is so cool. And then you can go, can I can I pray for you? Or you don't even have to ask. You just pray for them. There's so many times that I'll be. People will be talking to me about something. They'll be da, 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 about their life and stuff that's going on. And you know what I do? I just put my hands on them. <laughs> I know it can get kind of weird, but that's okay. I just put my hands on them, and I just start praying for them right in the middle of their conversation that's going on because I'm like, enough. We just need God in the middle of this. What, what, if, we just, what if we just stepped out and did that? Could you imagine a whole society would be transformed and changed, wouldn't they? People would be like, Wow, I just experienced something. I just, and then they can't stop telling, right? Because they just experienced God through you. And then we went to this whole thing that last week we talked about uh, fixing our gaze on Jesus, stepping outside of our comfort zone, and, uh, and realizing that all that we're going through right now is that we, we, got, we can't stop fighting. I can't stop telling but I also can't stop fighting. I've got I've to fight for this thing. How many of you there's a battle out there that rages out there? And last week we talked about the full armor of God and, you know, the, how many of us fight naked, right? We put on our helmet of salvation, clunk, and the rest of us is not pretty. And we're fighting naked out there. We, had, we don't have anything, right? We have nothing. I have, I have no armor on. I have nothing that's covering me up. But I've got a helmet. I'm saved, right? That's what we talked about last week. I'm saved. 
And God's called us to more than that. The, the weaponry, the, the, war, the, the armor that he's given to us, it, it's, it's both defensive and offensive. It's both protectionary and offensive. We're supposed to utilize it because it protects us, right? Shield of faith. But also the shield of faith is also a way to walk through things with the sword of the Spirit. And we realized last week, man, I can't go out there naked. I've got to fight this fight. I've got to fight the good fight of faith. And I've got to fight for me. I've got to fight for my family. And I've got to fight for those that are around me. There's so many people out there. Last week we talked about how many people are near us that we don't want to be near us. We talked about the people that are so close to us, so near us, they irritate us. And we're like going, I just wish they would leave me alone. But God is saying, I've brought people near you because they are far from me. And when I bring them near you, what are you going to do with those that are near you? What's the responsibility of me? It, my responsibility is to fight. My responsibility is to help them fight. My responsibility is to help them walk through process to see transformation take place. That's, the response, that's my responsibility as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, as I draw near to God. Right? As I draw near to him, he draws near to me, and it allows me the opportunity to speak life into other people who are near me. But too many times we're always trying to go after that other guy or that other gal, right, that's way out there somewhere. And God's going, I don't mind that, but here's the point. Who have I brought near you? Let's work on that. Low-hanging fruit, right? Let's work on that one. But we're always pushing the low-hanging fruit away. I told you about the guy who, who had that drug rehab group move into this, in this really posh neighborhood, and, and they're afraid it's going to bring down their property values. And I said, maybe, just maybe, God's bringing them near you because you won't go near them. Just maybe. Because you know what God wants? He desires what? That none should perish. He desires that all would come close and draw near. And if you're not going to do your job, he's going to help you in the process. How many think that's pretty cool? God says, man, I'm going to help you in the process. I'm going to bring some people near you. If you're not going out actively, I'll bring them near. So let's begin to focus on those that are near. Let us be that light in the darkness. John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never, do you hear me? Can never extinguish it. Never. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen when I walk into the room. I can tell you what's going to happen when you walk in the room. Are you light or dark? Because that's a determiner you have to make, right? <laughs> and if you determine your light, you're a follower of Christ. Guess what happens when you walk into darkness? It flees. It has to go. It can't stick around anymore because you're light, period. It's not your light, is it? Whose light is it? Right, it's Jesus, it's God. He, he works in and through us. The Holy Spirit shines out. I mean, and, and he's working through us. And, it's like, and that light shines in the middle of the darkness and it cannot be extinguished. Can you get that in your heart today? That when you walk in the middle of a situation... When you walk in the middle of places that you're like, seem so dark. Here's what I hear of Christians, right? Oh my gosh, that place is so dark. I think, I think we just need to pray against it, right? Which is proper, we need to pray against the darkness, I get that, right? But we're like, we need to pray it away from me. Wait, wait a minute. You're light. If you, if you walk into the darkness, what happens? See, if you can understand that you're, you're part of the solution, right? You're part of the solution. So I walk in the middle of that situation. I walk in the middle of that darkness. It's so funny to me because I realized in my life, I didn't realize until later on, but you know, you're, you know how oftentimes you, you pray and pray over all these years. How many have been Christians a long time in this room? Okay, so you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and you just never realize what's going on around you, right? It's kind of like you can't see the forest for all the trees kind of a deal, and, and, you're, and you're, so you're praying and you're doing and, you, and you're reading and you're, and you're trying to do your best and all that kind of stuff, and all of a sudden you begin to start realizing that you really are light. I just, I remember, I, me, I mean, all the way from my Bible school days, that's when I really recognized it. I got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, uh, 
I, I walk into, I, I was working in an x-ray department, I told you about that, and when I walked in the x-ray department, and people in there were pretty dark. I told you, we had everybody from alcohol, smokers, everything, everybody doing everything with everybody kind of stuff. We had lesbians, we had gal and witchcraft and had a, a crystal ball even, I mean, she would bring it to work, you know, her crystal ball to work. And, and so we had all of this stuff, right, around us that was dark. But I didn't realize that how much my light was really being light until people started pulling me aside and saying, hey, Dan, can you pray with me? Hey, Dan, I'm going through this. Hey, Dan, I just want to let you know I've changed my life just because of the way you lived your life. I just want to let you know that I've got out of the lesbian lifestyle and I'm now moving on with the things of God. And, and then a few months later, or actually about a year later, she ends up getting married and, and she's, she's, she's witnessing to the whole department and people from the department are, are coming to the Lord and people are going to church and, and things are happening. I didn't realize how much light I really was. Remember that old song, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? Hide it under a, oh no, right? I'm going to let it shine, right? I think many of us hide it under the, oh yeah. <laughs> right? We walk into our little environments, we're like, woohoo, yep, there's light under there. <laughs> you just can't see it. And how many times we need, you know, we need to get out and let the light shine. This week, I want to talk to you about I can't stop growing. We've talked about these things of telling, can't stop telling, we can't stop fighting. But this week I want to talk about I just can't stop growing. How many of you ever, anybody ever threaten your kids with no grow cookies? You never done that? No grow cookies. I've always threatened my kids with no grow cookies. And that is, I never, I didn't want them to grow up, right? How many, there's points and times in life that you just don't want your kids to grow up. Anybody? And you're like, you're like, you know, I'm just going to give them a no-grow cookie. And they're going to stay that, and we're going to stunt them at that level. Because they are just so cute right there. And I had a day of that, and I want more days of that. Because the other days, no, just kidding. So, so they have this, and, uh. And I know many people have threatened with their kids to try to figure out ways to cause them to stunt their growth, right? And to because they're so cute and innocent at that moment, they are just, you know, so precious, right? Bless their hearts. You know, it's right at that moment, right? They're just so cute and so precious at that moment. And then all of a sudden, something happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> Take a bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you're older, there's no, gr yeah, right, we hope, we wish. So when my kids were growing up, I know probably many of you felt the same, but when my kids grew up, though, I was a little bit different. I had parents around me that they were just, man, I just, I just want my kids to stay small. I don't ever want them to grow up, you know. And uh, for me, I was quite a, I was a little bit different than that. I was like, man, I just cannot wait. <laughs> right? And not because I wanted them out of my house. That wasn't the reasoning. But, but it was like, I can't wait for them to grow. I can't wait for them to experience the next step. I just, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like from the kids when they get to a place when being held all the time, and then, then, you, and then you put them down and they're actually, they're actually walking, right? Here's our crew coming in. They were just at a church across town. Um, they, went to, uh, they went this summer on missions, and so the church across town also went to church with us. I mean, went to church, went to, on the mission field with us, and so they just got back from doing the drama at their church. So thank you guys for doing that. Nice event. So, um, so you're at this place, and I just remember that my kids, you know, when they're, I'm holding them all the time, and, and I just didn't hold my kids. I was kind of raucous with my kids, right? So my kids, I would take my kids. I just wanted my kids to grow and just be nimble and, and, and just be agile and all that kind of stuff, right? I, wanted, I, I just had this picture in my head what I wanted my kids to be. I didn't want them to be, you know, quirky and stuff. I just, and so I... So I, I <laughs> I'm just being honest. So I, I took my kid and I used to take him. I used to throw him up in the air, you know, and do all this. Well, I just wouldn't throw him in the air. I mean, I would see how high I could throw them in the air. And, um, and literally, I mean, I would get, I would literally, they'd be high. And so I'd be throwing my kid. And then they'd come. And, and then, um, and, uh, and I, I mean, because I just, and then I would go, wow, this is, because they were fun to me. Kids were like fun. They were like toys kind of thing. And so. And so I took, I, so I would take them, and I would take them, and I would throw them, and I would do this with them, 
and they would spin. And then they would come down. It was so cool. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I, it's okay. Because cause look at my kids. They turned out amazing. So, um, so here's one right here. See, there you go. See, she's turned out good. She isn't goofy or anything weird. Um, so that have come up yet. But anyway, so we were, um, <laughs> so we were, we were throwing, we, I would do that with my kids because I was just, I, I wanted them to go to the next step. And so sure enough, my kids then all of a sudden started walking. And I, oh man, I loved it. You guys remember when your kids took your first steps and all that kind of stuff? I loved it because it was just like, it was so cool. And they're all like, woohoo, you know, and, and they, and they would walk and fall and you're like, yeah, you got it. And, and it was just awesome watching them move to the next step or from eating baby food to actually enjoying food I liked. I, I, I liked that. I thought it was great until they started stealing all my food. I thought it was cool at first. And then they still, yeah, Jarrell's going through it right now. I mean, he's, I mean, the little kid already takes his food, you know. And so, so I'm like going, it was, it was fun. It was fun because they could actually enjoy what we enjoyed. I remember when, I remember when my son had his first ice cream cone and we were in Hong Kong and, uh, and he's, he's nine months old, and, and not nine months old, he's three months old, and, um, and he had his first ice cream cone at three months old. Okay, I know we're crazy, but it's awesome. It was fun. It was like, I just wanted to see what they did, right? When they had the first taste of the, on their, right? And they do that, and it gets all over them, and then they go, and their eyes light up, and it's just so cool. Um, watching. I love just watching the whole growth process of, oh, here's what we really loved. Going from diapers to real toilets. Hallelujah. Right? I mean, come on. We love it when our kids finally get to a place where they're actually doing it on their own. And you don't have to even be involved in the process at any measure. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, when potty training becomes a success, it's awesome. I loved it when my kids went from the babbling time frame, stuff, right, to actually saying words and then they and, and 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 saying things that i mean intelligently talking to you and sharing things with you and sharing who they are and because there were some difficult times i don't know about you guys but as a parent i didn't know what was really going on when they were saying what they were saying or crying what they were crying i didn't know what was happening but it was sure nice when they could actually speak and tell me up front what it was or um from being at home all day long going in the first day of school and or from us driving them everywhere to them actually driving themselves I mean talk about freedom <laughs> no you need to go to the store <laughs> I don't have to <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's and there's these things within the growth periods that even though we talk about all the amazing things that how many know that there was difficulty in each of those growth steps how many know that in the midst of the growing pieces, there was these growing pains that were in the middle of it? And, and it was kind of like you loved it, but you hated to see it go. You know, like I didn't think I was going to be emotional when my son went to college. And I can't, I, I don't even want to know what it's going to be like when my daughter goes. But it's kind of like I didn't think I was going to be emotional. I thought it was going to be like, hee-hoo, freedom, right? Go, baby. Because I'm excited for them to go the next step. But there was something that inside that I was so happy, but at the same time, just rip my heart out, you know, and, and so growing sometimes does that to you. It's kind of a, a weird thing. So with each stage comes its challenges, but also with each stage comes its victory. It's a change, but it's a necessary change. It's good for them and it's good for us, right? It's, uh, and how many know that those changes oftentimes are a little messy at times? It's not easy. It's not simple. It's just not... It's not always happier or whatever it might be. I was so, when my kids, uh, Marie and I, we lived in uh, Virginia, and there's not a lot of places to ski in Virginia. Um, but I like skiing, and Maria likes skiing, and so we went to a, a little mountain hill called Massanutten. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's a mass of nutton. And, um, and uh, it was a, they have this little hill there where they uh, ski, and I remember the day that Maria and I, we, we went up there, and so we sent Seth and Eliza, and we gave them to the ski instructors, and uh, then Maria and I went and skied, and, and I remember sitting there, we were sitting there at some place, just sitting, hanging out, and, and all of a sudden we go, 
is that Seth? Is that Eliza? And they're going up the chairlift by themselves with no, and they're five and seven years old, and they're going up the chairlift by themselves. I'm like, that's them. Honey, look, you know, she, of course, is going, oh my gosh, there's no like railing there or anything, and they're going up this thing by themselves, and I'm like, oh, look at that, that is so awesome, they're going up high, you know, and um, <laughs> reminds me of this, no, I'm just kidding, and, um, and, uh, and, I, and then we watched them come down, and we're like, wow, these kids are good, and the instructor all day long would, would, would saw, how, saw, saw how fast they were advancing, it's because I threw my kids, but anyway, um, but they saw how fast they were advancing, and, and, as, and, as, and as they saw how fast they were advancing, they were just advancing with them throughout the day, and so by the end of the day, they were skiing with Maria and I, and I was just so like giddy about that, it was just, it was just something inside your heart that just kind of jumps up, but sometimes, I, I get it, there's sometimes though, we like the stage we're in. Sometimes we enjoy where we're at. Sometimes we, sometimes, how many of you just have ever felt in life, I'm done growing? I, I'm, I'm done with the growth thing. I'm done with the stretch. Anybody? I'm done. I just, can we just chill at this moment right now? Can I just take a break, right? Can I just sit back just for a little bit and do no more growing, right? Unfortunately, that never happens, does it? Although I do have a choice. I've watched some people. You know, we've been doing some premarital counseling lately, and, and we were talking about this, and how some marriage couples that I see have stopped growing. They actually exist together and they grow crusty and old and, and they cantankerous and irritated and frustrated and don't talk to each other anymore and they, they literally stop growing. How many know that that's not a healthy place to be? But your marriage is constantly growing. Your relationships around you are constantly blossoming. Things are, you know, if you want to have life and you want to have your, your life teeming with life, you know, this thing just flowing with life, there is a growth mechanism that has to take place. We're all called to grow. If you look in the Old Testament and you take a look, and I'm just going to kind of go through some historical things real fast, but in the Old Testament you see, see the children of Israel and they were taken into captivity and they were taken as prisoners, and they're out there, and you know, we all know the story, and they're out there, you know, you know, making bricks and for the Egyptians, you know, and they're making this, and then the Egyptian taskmasters got even harder on them, and, and told them they had to go get their own materials, and, and all this other kind of stuff was going on, and, and, uh, and then the rescuer came, right? God sent Moses, and the rescuer came, and then when the rescuer came, he, he came in to take the children out, and and as he's going to Pharaoh each time, how many know that the children of Israel complained every time that Moses went to Pharaoh? <laughs> Just shut up. You're making it really difficult on me right now. Every time you say something, he comes back onto us. Would you just stop talking? You know, and Moses is doing all, of his, all the miracles in front of Pharaoh and all the stuff's going on. But the children just continue to grumble and complain. Until finally the one day when they, uh, you know, the... Passover, we talk about the Passover and the Passover lamb and the, we talk about how, you know, the, they were killed a goat and they were to put the blood over the doorposts and, and then the, the angel of death came by that night and killed off any, all the firstborns that didn't have the blood over the doorposts and there was a bunch of screaming and crying and wailing and all sorts of stuff and finally Pharaoh just let, said, go, get out of here, not only go, get out of here, but all the people of Egypt did what? They gave them gold and silver and jewels and whatever they had and just pile it up. So children of Israel cruising across and they're trucking and they're heading towards the Red Sea. And we all know what happened at the Red Sea, right? They get to the Red Sea and, oh no, now what? I could hear the children of Israel going, thank you for bringing us to a body of water to drown. I mean, Pharaoh's army's coming behind them, right? They see it, dust flying up in the ground. You know, I mean, they, they see what's happened. They're, they're in a no-win situation here. And What does God do? He, he provides at the very moment that needed to be pro provided for. And he took them across the other side. And then, and then we all know what happened to Pharaoh's army. And they all died in, in the water. And on the other side, though, Miriam began to praise the Lord and began to, you know, shout and sing songs to the Lord. They built an altar there and they he said, this is a place that we will remember. We'll remember where God has taken us from, and we're going to remember that God is going to take us to someplace amazing as well. And we're going we're to set up an altar. We're going to set up a pillar here, and we're going we're to remember the goodness of our God. 
Not too long later, how many know that the children of Israel grumbled and complained more? And, and we can see it throughout the passages of Scripture in Exodus chapter uh, 16, verse 2. And it says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And in fact, they, they went on to say, it says, uh, um, it says the, son, the sons of Israel, in verse 3, said to them, would, would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full. You have brought us out into the wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. <laughs> really? We see the miracles after miracles after miracles after miracles of what God did to get them to the place, yet how fast we forget when we're in the middle of a situation. And so here they are in the middle of the situation. Things are growing. Things are moving forward. They're, they're getting in there. God's promised them an amazing place that he's getting ready to take them to, yet all they can think about is they're grumbling and they're complaining. And then... We realize, right, so they did some sinning, they did some stuff against God, and God said, that's okay, this generation, you're all going to die out here, and we're going to raise up a new generation. And another generation comes along, and that generation comes along, and they had some tendencies of mom and dad. And, uh, but at the same time, there was a guy who had gone years before, who was with a group of mumbly, grumbly, complaining folks who went out to go spy out the promised land. And Joshua and Caleb, we all know about them. And Joshua and Caleb came back. They were the only ones that came back with a great report saying, man, the, on the other side, it is amazing. You should see the fruit. In fact, here's some. And they brought some fruit in, right? I mean, some massive old grapes. And they're like, man, these are, these are some serious grapes, man. You should see what else is over in the land. It is fruitful. It is awesome. It is amazing. And what the other people say? There's giants in the land. What happens if we go? What happens if this happens, right? It's the analytical ones, right? Go, going, what happens if, but this might happen, that might shift, and that might take place. And, that, and how many know sometimes all of us, we all get into that analytical mode, don't we? And we all get into that fear mode, and we all look to be able to see, well, what, what could happen if this might happen or that might happen? Well, what if I take that step? But if I don't do that right, and da 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 and next thing we know, we're not moving at all. And then there's the Joshua and Caleb's that are going, we have to move. If the Lord's with us, are you kidding me? We have nothing to fear if the Lord is with us. And, uh, and sometimes that's the way growth is in our own personal lives, isn't it? Growth in our own personal lives, sometimes we get to a place and it's like, God, what do you want to do in me? And he's saying, I want you to move. I want you to grow. I want you to go to the next step. I want you to step out. I want you to open your mouth. I want you to lay hands on somebody. I want you to pray for somebody. I want you to go outside your normal bounds, and I want you to do something. Step out on my behalf. Oh, but God, that's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. What happens if they say this, if they do that, if they, if they, if they, if they? And God's called us to have eyes of faith, to be able to take a look at the situations around us and be able to go, but with God, all things are what? Possible. And if I open my mouth, it's not me that's opening my mouth. Remember what, remember what Jesus told his disciples? He says, there's going to be times you're going to be brought before people who are going to try to persecute you. And the reality is you're not going to know what to say. But don't worry about that because I will give you the words to speak at that moment when it's time to speak it. Am I right? And so we've got to be able to be those that step out in the midst of our situations and step up to the plate and say, it's okay if I change. It's okay if I'm different. But my mom and dad, my, my brother and my sister, my relatives, the people around me, those that I work with won't recognize me anymore and they're going to make fun of me because I'm vastly different than I used to be. Really. And you know that how? And even if they did, does it really matter? Because what are we called to? We're called to be followers of Christ. We're called to walk in his footsteps, to be to his example, to do what he does, to, to say what, remember what we talked about with the rabbis, right? The rabbis of old and, and those that followed in with the rabbis and, and, and they would be so close to the rabbi that they'd be listening so intently. They would do everything that the rabbi did, when the rabbi did it, how the rabbi did it, speak the words of the rabbis, do the same things. Why? Because they wanted to get it right. As followers of Christ, I encourage us to do the same, to go, man, you know, I, I, I got to get this right. I, I don't want to mess this up, you know. 
the rabbi's counting on me because when the rabbi called me, what the rabbi was really telling me, he was telling me that you can be like me and I don't want to fail him. When Jesus called each and every one of you around this room, he called you the same way and he says, I believe you can be like me. And our position is, thank you, Jesus, in a matter of humility and going, I don't want to fail you, but I just want to walk like you walk, talk like you talk, do like you do. I just want to, I want to make impact like you make impact. It's interesting because when I look around, even this group that's here this morning and some that aren't here this morning, I, I, I just watch the shift and the change that's taken place and how so many of you have chosen to step up to the plate and taken the challenge and being able to go, okay, he's, the Bible said it, I'm, I'm just going to step out and do it. And, and all of a sudden you're ministering to people and sharing with people and doing things you never would have done a year ago or two years ago. You guys, I'm, I'm watching and I'm like going, this is awesome. This is so amazing. I've watched, you know, many of you stutter over yourselves, reaching out, but yet confidently and being re re ready to pray for people at a moment's notice. You, you begin to start looking at the lives around you, and we're going, wait a minute, wait a minute, what am I supposed to do? Pray first. Okay, I'm supposed to pray first. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray first. I don't know what's going to do. I don't know if it's going to accomplish anything, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to do what's, I'm going to do what's asking me, and I'm going to do that. This morning, I just want to, even as you personally are growing, even as you personally as one-on-one, -on -one, as individuals in this house are growing and you're watching God work through you and you're seeing some amazing spiritual growth take place and you're, and you're, seeing, you're seeing the stretches that are happening and you're like, man, I, but I want to stretch more and I want to do more and, and it's so cool hearing it and we, we were talking at the... Um, retreat that we had a couple weeks ago that the stirring that's going on inside the body here is a stirring for more and it's, it's a there's this unsettling thing that's been happening it's kind of been going on here for a few months and and there's this unsettling going man I, I, but and that you know that unsettling we've discovered we pinpointed we put our finger on it it has nothing to do with anything external whatever it has everything to do with inside going man i gotta go i gotta grow i gotta i gotta do more i gotta step out of my comfort zone i gotta step up to the plate i want to i want to experience god in a new way i want to i want to see god use me and i want to walk with him deeper and i want to get closer to him and build a relationship with him so even as that's going on and on the individual basis as a corporate body here there's also growth that's going on. And, uh, and so we're in the middle of this flux as well, in this growth place as well. You know, this place has been awesome. Where we've been right now, it's been awesome. Being here, we've been here for about two and a half years in this, in this facility. But how many know that the benches that you're sitting on aren't very comfortable? I recognize it. I just don't talk about it much, but I recognize it. Because that's why I stand the whole service. Just kidding. Um, but they're convenient in another way, right? Why, why are they convenient in another way? Because they turn up in the tabletops, and it's so cool. Because after our message, we're able to gather around the tabletops and discuss the message. Because we're not a normal church, right? We we love to discuss and and communicate and connect people and 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 spur each other on and encourage each other, right? Not just the guy from the front, but people sitting around tables to do that. So we think that's important. So we need some table space to be able to do that. How many know that have kids here? How many know that our children's where we put our children stuff is not all that amazing? Anybody recognize that? Yeah, go ahead. It's all right. It's not, yeah, it's not all that amazing. And I, and I sit there and I look at it and I go, you know, I, I get frustrated at it right now. Our junior high groups that are meeting right now, our junior high groups are meeting in the middle of the hallways. And I'm like, it's just, it's just not conducive. You know, you walk into here and this facility, is, it's okay. It's kind of sterile to me but it's okay, you know? And I know God can use anything. I know a facility doesn't matter in, in and of itself in some measures, but yet I know that in the culture in which we live in today, it does matter. How many of you know that, right? And so there are these places in the same, and so, so we're making to make some shifts around here. We're going to grow, and growing's not easy. This whole thing that I'm getting ready to talk to you about today is, is not easy because for me, as, as, as your pastor, I take this stuff very seriously. Maria and I take this stuff very seriously. We pray over this stuff. We seek God about it. We, we just had a board meeting this week with our board and, and talked to them about all this stuff. And, and the stuff is just like, because I, I love everybody that's involved and I love everybody that's a part of it. So 
I want us to come become more than just a singular church. How many believe that? We have it within our DNA from the very beginning. When we started two and a half years ago, we said that within the first five years, we will plant another church. How many of you guys remember that? And we said, we're going, to plant the, we're going to plant a church within the first five years, somehow, some way. We're going to plant a church. Why? Because I believe that's a part of growth. I believe that's a part of seeing this thing spur out. At the same time, I realized that it's not just planting another facility, right? And, and, but church is more than a facility. What is church? What do we learn about? What is church? Right, it's the people, right? So if, I, if I'm with one person, two people, three people, is it still church? And so it's, it's, it's not just a singular church, but I want to move from a, just a singular coaching church. I think that's important. I think it's important to have a, a, a spot and a place for us to gather because I think it's important for us as a group and as a team to celebrate. I think it's important for us to spur each other on, to encourage each other. At the same time, I want to see throughout this whole region, I want to see simple churches raised up throughout this whole region. I want to see, I want to see churches and people's works. I want to see churches and people's schools. I want to see churches at, at, at where, where people live in their communities. I want, to, I want to see these simple churches just rising up everywhere, and then we gather together once a week to celebrate all the good things that God's doing. I don't know, but when you start listening and you start asking questions around here, there's some amazing miracles that are happening in this place. There's some, there's some crazy stuff that's going on, and, and, and we need that synergy. We need to be able to hear that. How many, how many love it when you're encouraged? <laughs> and that's what it should be, right? And that's what our Sunday, Sunday should be. So for this, we're going to need a better training center. To make this happen, we're going to need to consolidate some of our resources and, and to make a greater impact. So as, as many of you know, um, this facility is, is great for what we've needed it for for the time, but how many know that we need something a little bit different? So what we've done is we have searched and searched and searched and searched and searched and searched, probably for about two years, literally. Because even when we first started the church, we realized that this was not the place that we wanted to be forever. So we've been looking and looking and looking and looking. We've been putting out stuff out to places. We've been, you know, asking other churches if we can meet in their facilities. And some tell us no. Some say it's not going to work. Some say, you know, everybody's nice and polite about it. But about um, six months, eight months ago, we had a church approach us and said, hey, we've got space. Do you guys need space? And we said, yeah, we actually do need space. And so, um, and they said, well, you can use it as much as you want to. We only use it on Sunday mornings and Thursday night. That's all we ever use it. And you guys can use it the rest of the time if you guys just want to sublease from us. And you guys can use it for whatever. We got a couple office spaces for you guys and all this kind of stuff. How many know that, some, how many know office spaces, I love meeting in coffee shops. I do a lot of meetings in coffee shops. But how many know there's just some meetings that don't work in coffee shops? You know, um, we've had some of those meetings, and they just don't work in coffee shops. It freaks people out. It's weird. Um, and, uh, and so we do also do premarital counseling. How many know doing premarital counseling in a coffee shop with my monitor set up on the deal? And, you know, I guess I could. I guess we could do that. Maybe that might, I don't know. But it's like, it's just not personal. It's not, it's not intimate, right? It's not being able to do it. You know? <laughs> and, so, and so I'm just like, so sometimes these meetings, we need, we, we, we need to have the space to be able to do that. And so this church approached us, and so uh, we started looking for these options for these uh, semi-permanent to permanent places that we might be able to go. So um, we've been looking, and, and we need a place to do more training. We need a place to do, right now, worship practice. Right now, we've been able to move most of our worship practices now to that South Campus facility. They're able to actually do all the training, uh, all their stuff there. But before that, they were meeting out of homes. How many know in people's basements and bringing a set of drums into people's basements? And, you know, how many know that that doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just not conducive. I mean, there's, there's a better use of our resources and time that we could have. And that's what I'm trying to do. I, one of the things around here, that's why you'll see this church. This church is pretty simple as far as our setup is concerned. Because one of our philosophies around here has always been that we don't want to burn people out on the setup. I've, I've watched churches, all this pipe and drape that you see behind us, we have a whole trailer full of this pipe and drape that a church, um, when we bought the trailer, gave us all this pipe and drape. And they have a whole trailer full of it. And they used it every week, a whole trailer full of this pipe and drape. They would create a whole new environment with pipe and drape throughout a facility. They would get there like at 5, 6 in the morning. They would set up until church started at 10. And then they would tear down for a couple hours after that and load it all in trailer. How many know that's not the best use of my resources? 
I never wanted to burn anybody out. This, my heart has always been. I, I, believe in, I believe in the people and the work of the people, but I don't want you guys setting up a pipe and drip. You know what I'd rather have you guys do? Go out and love and value people. You know what I'd rather have you guys do? Go talk to somebody. Have a spiritual conversation. Please don't set up any more pipe and drape. You know what I'm saying? So we do a little bit of pipe and drape because it just helps, but we don't do a lot of it, and so we're very simple about what we do because we want to make the best resources of people and their energies and their efforts, and it's, it's focused, and, it's, and we're ab- actually able to make impact. And, and for people to do pipe and drape all the time and they feel like it's their need, go for it. It's just not who we are. Um, and, so, and, that, and, that's, and that's okay. We just have a different place that we're, we're heading to. But we also, you know, so I can see these simple churches established everywhere, all over the region, up here in Monument, Palmer Lake, North Springs, South Springs, everywhere in between. Um, we also took in consideration the culture that's here in the region. One of the things that we realized is that one of the things that we have said from the very beginning that we want to go after, that, that we want to be a part of the transformation process, is those that are unchurched. We just did an analysis of, of where we're at, and we've done a great job of bringing people in who have been burned out, frustrated, irritated, whatever the terminology has been on church. And, and I get it, because I came from the same position. I, I, I was trashed by church. I was, I was thrown under the bus by church and ministry. And it was hurtful and painful, and I get it. And so that's why we have welcomed anybody that's been that way and said, man, this is a healing place for you. Come, just hang out. When you're ready to get involved, get involved. But, man, we're here because we love you and we understand that God's gifted you. But don't worry about getting involved yet. Just do it on your own time. We're, we're very much that way. At the same time, we're very, also very much, Maria and I are very much of the way of, you want to do something? Woohoo! Go, baby. Go. We will, we will applaud. We will encourage. We will, we will cheerlead. We'll get the pom-poms. It's amazing. Um, and we'll do that. But we took in consideration the culture of this region. And one of the things for the unchurched, and I, I had a three-hour meeting this week with a pastor who, this is what he does. And he's focused on it. So I, how many know it's good to go to somebody who's already doing it? And so I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to him, I'm like, so how'd you do it? What'd you do? What was it, you know? And so they actually have a Sunday night service. And he says it works out amazingly well for the unchurched, because unchurched have no clue. He says, now, Sunday morning is traditional when church is supposed to be, and everybody knows that Sunday morning is when church is, but how many know the unchurched don't like going to church? That's why they're not at church. And, um, and so... And so the, the reality is that, you know, Sunday evenings have worked really well for him. And so, and, and that's been a problem, right? Trying to find facility space, those kind of things. Where do we go? All that because there's just not a, a space to go on Sunday mornings in a traditional facility. And plus, here, let me explain this too. Whenever we do get a facility in a building, that facility in a building will never be a church facility and building. And here's what I mean by that. It will be a place where people congregate in order to do community and there just happens to be a church there. And so we will have a facility that will actually pay for itself. It won't be done just on church dollars. It'll be a facility that'll actually have things in it like bowling or pool tables or a movie theater or something crazy, right? It's gonna be off the charts where people can come in, business people can rent parts of the facility in order to be able to co- co-working space kind of a thing. And, um, th- those kind of, have you seen co-working spaces around? There's a ton around Colorado and they're just amazing places and where people collaborate and come together and, and work together and they're working on their inventions and ideas and all this other kind of stuff, but it's a place where community comes together. That's, that's, that, that's my picture of church. And it just so happens we have a space where we train people and equip them and equip the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry that they've been called to 24-7. So that's who we are. That, 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 that's where we're at. So, so here's what we're going to be doing. We're going um, to gather, start gathering on Sunday evenings. It fits in with our culture for people to get away on the weekends and to be able to come in on a Sunday evening and be able to fit right into their lifestyle. It's not going against the lifestyle of whatever the culture is. It's going right with the lifestyle. We've opened, uh, it'll open up, so uh, Broncos games, that's been a real concern. I ain't kidding. It's been a real concern. Bronco nuts are nuts. And um, so football games are a real concern. What do we do with that? Because if we do an evening deal and it kind of kind of butt, butt in or the end of this or that, da, da, da. So even our times, right? Because this is a culture. I mean, the Broncos is huge in this culture. I mean, I can't deny it. And so I'm like, 
You know, there's places I've been. I, I was at, when I lived in Arkansas. Those, those guys are complete freaking freaks, I mean, in regards to their college football. I mean, they, the Razorbacks are like it, man. I mean, they are like, whoo, pigs, whoo. And they were just crazy in, the, in their deal. So I get it. So I'm not, a, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not a sports guy. But I, under, but I get it when I walk into a culture. The, and when I walk into Tanzania and I walk into the, among, among the Maasai, guess what? I start figuring out how to do things the way the Maasai do it. It's just the way it is, right? So it's the same thing here. So, so what we're going to do is the 2 o'clock games that happen, we're going to actually open up the facility. There's like three or four here in the next little bit, and by the time we do this, we're going to open up the facility. Our idea is to try to get some flat screen monitors as well, and we'll put them in the cafe area that we've got that's available to us. And we're going to open up 2 o'clock tailgating parties and uh, all the way up until, and if for some reason they go into overtime, we'll shut the TVs off, but we'll, I will do live updates through my message on, on the scores. So... <laughs> Some religious people really get irritated with me with that, but I am like going, am I here to reach the church or the unchurched? Am I here to help both, right? I'm, I, I want to motivate both. I don't want to leave one out, and I want to reach people where they're at. That's Maria and I's culture. This is where we come from, man. We've done missions for umpteen years, and, and it's like. <laughs> so uh, benefits of being able to do this, um, we'll actually have children in youth classrooms. There's going to be limited setup and teardown. We're going to actually have more hours and days of the week at the same cost it costs us to rent this just for a few hours on Sunday morning. The, uh, the pastor down there, he's been so workable over time, and uh, he's actually invited our input in regards to what the facility is supposed to look like in the cafe area and some of those kind of things. And so um, he's willing to even invest some of his own money to help make it to what it needs to be made. And so it's a pretty unique situation. And so we're going to actually be able to have to make it our own space. Um, it's a central location in the region. Um, and, 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 it, and this is not the reason, but it's a reason. I mean, i got to put it in there. Is, is it saves us financially. Um, it puts us in a position to where I can, we can take the money that comes in here and we can disperse it differently, and we can actually be able to utilize it more for outreach. We can utilize, you know what I'm saying? We can put more money into our building fund, because eventually we are going to build our own facility. Eventually we're going to have our own space, you know? And who knows what miracles God's going to open up in front of us, but we want to be ready for it, so we're putting money aside all the time for that. Um, and uh, right now, just so you guys know, right now we probably have about $18,000, something like that, to close to $20,000 in the bank just for a building fund. I mean, so it's, we're in we're doing well with, with, with a lot of that stuff. Um, and it's a place for us to land, for us to grow, so that we can eventually move into our own facility in the future. But, so here's, uh, I'm going to open this up for discussion and dialogue here, just for, we're not going to do discussion groups this morning, because I'm going to open it up, just because I know people will probably have questions, but, so our, our last Sunday in this location will be October 16th, is that correct? So it will be October 16th, so we got this week and two more weeks, and then at the end of October, we are going to be moving down to the South Campus, which is uh, on Mark Dabbling, and uh, 5805 Mark Dabbling. Uh, and uh, so that service, our first service down at the South location will start on October 23rd um, for that. So I'm, I'm now going to, I'm sorry, yes. So the, the opportune time that we thought would be best was um, after taking a look at people's schedule, talking to the worship team, that, that church gets out around noon, you know, the football game situation, all that kind of stuff, and starting to analyze all that and put all those puzzle pieces together. Uh, the best time that we thought was going to be from 5.30 to 7 would be church on Sunday evenings. So we wanted to be make sure we got people home early enough for school and, and get ready for the next day. At the same time, we wanted to make it, you know what I'm saying? So we tried to put it right there in the squeeze time in the, in the great spirit. So I'm going to open up for questions, and uh, so here you go. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we will, um, we will have our flags up as well as we will be having uh, signage on the building. Um, the pastor there said it was okay for us to put up some signage next to his. On, oh, on Mark, oh, out there on, on the street. Yeah, I'll have to find out exactly from them what kind of signage that we can actually get out there. But we're going to have the fuel church flags that are there as well. Right. 
yeah, flags will be on the corners, but, but then on the building itself, too, we're going to deck it out for our stuff. Yeah, but right there on the edge where we're at, it's not a big deal, but, but good point. Anything else? Yes. Yep. So that did used to be Mr. Biggs. They've divided it up into other uh, warehousing, workspace kind of stuff, and telemarketing group next door. Yes, Harry. Thoughts, comments? Yes. Yeah, so we, our demographics right now is about 50-50. So we have about 50% of our people are right here in the monument area, and then we have about 50% of our people that are from the springs that come up. So um, it's a, it'll be a stretch for the ones for monument right now. But again, I want to get, when we buy a place and facility, I want to move north anyway is where I'd rather be. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, so our demographics is split. And then the other thing is uh, UCCS campus. Met with a gentleman this week who's on the UCCS campus. One of the things we really want to do is, is, uh, is actually we just need to have like three people on the UCCS campus, and it'll blow open the doors for us up there to be able to start reaching out to the college campus. And I know college students don't like getting up in the morning, so that works well for us as well. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so we have the underground there on Saturday nights, and then, um, like for instance, this summer when we do our trainings and stuff, we already have permission to have all of our trainings down there for our summer missions camps and all that kind of stuff as well. Literally, that church. Um, they, they, they literally use it Sunday mornings. They use it Thursday night for worship practice is what they use it for. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Our, our, and our encouragement is to use it. If people need it to be used that way, then great. But our encouragement is to be out in the community for those small groups, like in coffee shops and things like that, because we want there to be visibility of people out in the community doing and talking and that kind of stuff. But if people needed to use it for that, then absolutely. So like right now, we currently use it for midweek meetings that we have. Like, um, what's the date coming up? October 19th will be our, our uh, core meeting that we'll be having down there at that facility as well. So, okay. All right, if you guys have any other questions or whatever, um, Maria and I are here to, you guys can ask and share and all that kind of fun stuff. I realize that it's, for me, this is not an easy thing because I want everybody to come. And uh, for me, it's not an easy thing because I realize that when we make shifts and moves, it, it upsets people's schedules or thoughts or whatever. At the same time, I know that, I mean, that's why I went to our board and really panned out in front of them and just said, hey, and they were unanimously going, this is the next step. This is where you guys need to be going. So. Um, I feel that peace, but at the same, same time, I feel this unsettling because I want, I, I just, my, our, Marie and I's heart is for people, and we want people, and, but we also realize it's a good step for us because it, it's growth, and, and uh, so it's that hard, like we talked about this morning, it's the hard pieces of the growth that I don't like, but I'm also very excited because I see what can happen as we move forward in the future, so, amen? So uh, why don't you stand to your feet, and uh, normally we have our discussion groups, but like I said, we took up some time here, some extra time this morning just to be able to kind of lay this out. Again, questions, thoughts, comments, whatever, feel free to address Marie and I. We're more than happy to talk to you about it. Um, so, Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. God, you're awesome, you're king, you're Lord. There is none like you in the heavens and the earth, and we honor you. Father, I pray for this church as we make these next steps, as we are doing our best to hear your voice, to follow after you, to listen intently and to, to grow with you and to do sometimes the hard things, the difficult things, the things that aren't easy, but we know it's the right thing. God, I just ask for your grace and your mercy. I ask for on the people, the people that are here, the people that aren't here this morning that, that come to Fuel Church, God, that 
that as these words go out, as this, as this goes out, that we're shifting, God, I just ask that it would, there would be, that you would just move on their hearts, that you would protect them, that you would uh, just be tender with them, and that you would just, yeah, God, that you would just, that we would see just uh, everybody joining together and moving in, in, in one direction on this, and that we would see the growth that we're anticipating that we would see the depth of this church as we're seeing simple churches move throughout this region, as we come together on Sundays to culminate, to pull together, to encourage God that life would just be teeming and that God, that there would be a river rushing and a river flowing through that. God, I, I, I desire just to see your kingdom come and your will be done and that these this area, this region, we constantly, God, are praying for El Paso and Douglas and Pueblo and Teller and Elbert counties, God, and that, God, that you would just utilize us as a catalyst in this region and that you would show us how to work with others and that you would break open doors on the ECCS campus and that you would break open doors into homes right here in Monument and Palmer Lake and Larkspur and, and Black Forest and North Colorado Springs and Southern and Middle Springs and, God, that you would just burst open, Father God, these doors, and that we would see simple churches just explode throughout the region, that we would be able to, just to see your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to just, just speak to us today. Thank you for just loving us, and gosh, I just, I love you, and, uh, and I thank you for the direction you're moving us in, and I thank you that it's going to be awesome. And I thank you that you're going to just, uh, yeah, that we're just going to, that people are just going to, we're going to see some depth happen here and we're going to see some breadth happen here as well. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys have an awesome, oh yeah, so today, uh, don't forget, right after here, immediately following, we're heading up, the, up I-25, we're going to the pumpkin patch, so make sure if you don't have a picture.